Hello and welcome to 8 Tracks. I'm Jamie. I'm joined by Katie. Hi. As always. Yes. This is a show where we look at 8 Tracks based on a theme and just talk about them, really. This week's theme is hard sells. It is, yeah. How would you define a hard sell, Jamie? (laughs) It's when you put on a track and somebody looks at you like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Why have you done this to me? I feel very attacked right now because you're looking me dead in the eye and asking me that. Yeah, that. Just why have you done this to Given me? Given the tracks I have picked. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll hear about that in a minute. Yeah, we will. So, yeah, we're hoping to put this out as much as possible. But we'll see how it goes. So, yeah, should we just get onto our first track? I think we should, yes. Basically, what we've done is we've put a Spotify playlist in the description, obviously. Just follow it as we say, you know, go on to the one, track one, track two, track three. Um, Feel free to pause the podcast. No, don't pause them. Yeah, no, pause yeah the just, just play the podcast aggressively loud over the songs <laughs> that you've chosen. So you can't actually hear the music. So you'd be like, oh, wow, this is a hard sell because these two arseholes won't shut up. It's like being in the cinema and the person behind you just won't stop oh, talking. Oh, they won't stop. Like, they think they're on MST3K. Aye, aye. And it's like, yeah, yeah, no. Mm. Okay, so that's, what, a minute 20 and you've made a Mystery Science Theatre reference? I'm giving the people what they want. Nerd alert. (laughs) Right, so track one. Yes. Here it is. The Fall with Living Too Late. Track one. One, two, three, four. So we should probably start off by saying, Katie, you hate The Fall. I do. I think, I feel the need to point out, um, since we haven't at this point, that was Jamie's choice. Yeah, yeah. This is my first choice. And we're both picking songs that we love as well. Which makes, yeah, we're not going to talk about my next choice, but the fact that I love my next choice. (laughs) We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway... I just I can't get on board with Marky Smith. I think that's the hardest the hardest sell way. Oh, title drop. Back to the theme of the podcast about the fall. I can't see right now, but he's just aggressively pointing at me like a game show. No, I've just finger gunned you. It's disconcerting. Yeah, no, I think Marky Smith's the hardest sell, but the fall, the monotonous kind of lo-fi kind of mumbling into a microphone, and then all the dissonance halfway through that track where everything kind of breaks down. I love that. I love that because it's like before that, it sounds like a pretty standard post punk kind of, you know, bass heavy mm. kind of, you know, downbeat track. And then suddenly you're kind of caught into this. And it's like, yeah, and this like wild cacophony. Yeah, it's like, it's noise music before kind of that was hugely a thing. Yeah, totally. The first part, like the place I actually ever heard of that song was I saw on Twitter someone had taken a photo of a review in The Sun. Oh in like the mid 1980s oh they had God. one of the sun girls review that track and she's like me and my mum tried to listen to that track but it was just noise I can't stand the fall I don't get it and I was like no no I feel that but also I'm right there with you girl from the sun uh, presumably <laughs> with like breasts out like good for you though like I, f- I think it might be Mon the Messenger I'm not sure oh my god and I just assumed it was a page 3 girl Oh, I'm no. not sure. I'm not sure. It might not be Wait, the song. the messenger was a pastry girl. I don't know. Oh, can you cut this bit? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I do think it was on the messenger. I'm not even sure what paper it was. I was just trying to find it there, but I can't, I can't actually find it to quote it. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I really like how hard of a listen that song is. So why did you pick that as a hard sell? It's mostly that dissonant kind of descent midway through. Mm. 
or after, you know, like, I think people could probably kind of nod along to the start bit of it. And then I think that'd be a point where people would be like, no, get that off. Mm. Like, I've had enough. Yeah, like, I really like post-punk. It's probably the genre to which I connect the most. Like, there's no, like, non-wanky way of saying that, is there? No, I mean, like, you know. I like post-punk. But that doesn't really fill minutes on a podcast. <laughs> nah, no, <nah>, it's true. <laughs> yeah, so like for the kind of the opening verse of that, I wasn't. I was a bit like, okay, well, I don't really understand why he's picked this because I, we, we've had this list sitting in a in a notes file on the, yeah. on the old iPhone for about six months, but Aye. I couldn't remember. I was like, I, this is fine. This is totally fine. And then the wailing began. Yeah, the fighting in the street. Yeah. I love that. I love it. I know you do. I'm fully aware that you do. Right. Let's cut on to our next track. Katie, would you like to introduce this track for us? This is my track. This is one of my favourite tracks. This is nothing like The Fall. This is Deep Throat by Cupcake. So are you sure that wasn't another Fall track there? Uh, 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 I, was... I want all the listeners to know that Katie was literally fucking miming along with every single word of that song. With absolute precision. Uh-huh. And aggression. <laughs> I'm terrified. Uh, I mean, yeah, that song is abrasive <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> like... Yeah, it is. Okay, but I chose it for two reasons. The mm. first reason, obviously, is how abrasive it is on a basic level, right? Because, yeah. like... Lyrically. And... Oh, totally. But even, like, if you watch the music video, she's wearing, like, a swimsuit with her tits cut out yeah. and she's got black tape over her nipples. She's, like, drinking milk out of, like, a dog's bowl and deep throating a banana and all that. Like, mm. it's past the point of sexually suggestive. Yeah. It's I... softcore. Yeah, well, it's not even that. It's, like, it's kind of not the point of it being suggestive. It's, yeah. It's owning it. It's yeah, owning no, precisely, precisely. Like, Cupcake fucks. Yeah. She fucks. And she fucks hard. Yeah. And we love that about her. We stand Cupcake in we this do, household. We, we do stand Cupcake. Here. We do in this household. But, but like... I've never, heard, I've never felt so white in my life. <laughs> like, like, I've never felt so much like a teenage girl on Twitter in my entire life. Nice and cupcake in this house. Yes, hunty. Yes, queen. We're just appropriating gay culture now. Um, yeah, <laughs> I am the patriarchy. You so are, kind of. So in that you are, categorically. But anyway, it's a really difficult sell to get someone to like Cupcake because they envisage her as all of her songs about fucking... They're mm. not. No, she's, she has really meaningful songs she's too. She's so meaningful. She writes all these incredible songs about like sexual and emotional abuse and she's got this amazing song called LGBT and it's just about how she loves to go to the club with her gay friends and if anyone tries to fuck with her gay friends she will literally murder them. Mm. Her personality as well is incredible. Like, she's on Twitter all the time. If somebody tweets her and is like... Oh, she's funny. She's so funny as well but she's like... If somebody tweets her and they're like, oh, I'm a young person, I've just been start, like thrown out of my house because I'm gay, I need help, can you please retweet this? She's like, I've bought you a hotel room for it's like three good. days, yeah. like don't worry about it, you're safe, mm. Cupcake has you, you are safe. Mm. And she tweeted a little while ago about how she was going to kill herself, mm. so she just, um, she tweeted totally out of the blue, I think it was at the end of last year, the beginning of this year or something, mm. that she was suicidal and she just didn't want to be here anymore. Hmm. and like everyone came and raised her up 
and it was really beautiful. I just think, I think Cupcake is a beautiful person. Yeah. I think she's a wonderful person and I think that song specifically is an incredibly hard sell because you think the rest of her songs are going to be like, put a baseball bat in my butt and call me Elvis. I and mean, it's like... Right. To be fair, <laughs> I tried to get people in my work in the Cupcake this week and this was the song I fucking chose. Play this in your work. Because... Well, I didn't play it on the shop floor. Okay, I played okay, it in the okay. back. I thought you were going to be like, no, no, no. And next up on my work radio <laughs> yeah, is I... Deep Throat by Cupcake. Oh, man, fuck me. <laughs> nah, I played it in the back and did not go down well. Really didn't go down well. I can't believe it. The people were not there for it. Yeah. It was after uh, a guy I work with was like, uh, oh, yeah, that Dancing with a Stranger is a really dirty song when you think about it. And then I was like, wait, lads. <laughs> wait a minute. You, I've got a song for you. You don't know dirty songs. <laughs> yeah, I've got a song May for I you. May I introduce you to the Lady Cupcake? We stand Cupcake in this house. <laughs> yeah, no, I think she's just, I think she's great. And I think in terms of hard sells, like, that's mm. a really big one because it kind of puts her out there as a joke. Aye. And she's not. Mm. She's just taking oh god I'm gonna make myself look so white right okay bear with me here people like she's just taking what Missy Elliott and like Lil Kim and all that did Mm -hmm. in the 90s and in the early 2000s by taking it to the next level yeah like Missy Elliott being like oh before you come over to fuck me I've got to shave my pussy like sort Mm. of thing in in work it and she's taking that to its absolute extreme that male rappers have been doing since the dawn of rap the dawn of rap <laughs> rapping music oh god i'm such a white lady <laughs> i think it i think it puts her out there as a hard sell because it makes her look like a joke mm. but it's not a joke mm. cupcake fucks yeah yeah cupcake fucks cool right <laughs> shall we Let's move on move to our on. next track i can't say cupcake fucks one more time i know you said that a few times i though. have you're right listeners i have a question for you are you ready for some 80s metal? Thank you, I hated that. Next up, <laughs> we have Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. Track That song, I fucking love that song. <laughs> it's so dumb. But if that song doesn't give you energy, I think there's something wrong with you. Maybe something wrong with me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's, like, I think... I chose this. I know it's very poppy, and I know it's quite... It's not the hardest listen. But I think, especially now, nearly 40 years on, oh, Jesus, <clears throat> that 80s metal and hair metal, kind of power metal in general, is a really fucking hard sell. Because yeah. it's absolute cock rock, and it's bullshit. I, ju- I think it's just... I, I don't like it. And it's like, it's, it's like, as dumb as it is, the musicianship that goes into that is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> like, every, like, the fucking mix on that track is ingenious. They've layered guitars that are doing pick slides up and down to sound like revving motors at different points. They've got a bit where the backing singers sound like they're orgasming in the fucking, I think it's like the second last chorus. And that, I, I find that fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, it's, uh, 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 bang. Uh, we know what an orgasm sounds like no no I'm, I'm saying kickstart my heart I that's not an heart. orgasm come on <laughs> <laughs> please don't do that I it's so of it's time mm, it, is. it is it's painfully of it's time it is yeah and everyone in Motley Crue are, are just the worst people 
They are all awful. Can you tell me why, though? Because I don't know a lot about Motley Crue, because I've kind of... My kind of musical, I don't know, journey did not involve glam rock at all, apart right. from, like, right. David Bowie and stuff like that. But that's that, kind of like... glam rock? Are you joking? What? It's heavy know? metal, babe. It's hair metal. Glam rock. They are wearing bell bottoms and fucking... That's, that's hair metal. Okay. That that is his own thing. Wow. Okay. Well, aren't I ignorant? Please tell me more. <laughs> Fucking right. I feel sorry for you that your uh. journey into music then didn't include bullshit hair metal because it is so much fun. <laughs> My not, dad was really into Cat Stevens. Okay. That's not hair metal. <laughs> I know that's why I said it. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. I but it was hard to let my dad's into hair metal. My dad's bald. Sorry, Bruce. <laughs> Can you only be into hair metal if you've got hair? Is that one of the stipulations? Like, when you try and buy a CD, do they, like, measure the length of your hair and be like, nah, it's not... Well, it's not the length, it's the, like, kind of width of your hair. Right, right, <laughs> Like, right. how far out like it goes. Like, volume in yeah. terms of how much hair Like, the moth of the Goldbergs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> her name is Beverly. Give her the respect she deserves. No, it's it's a lot of fun. Molly Crew are terrible, though. You mm. you see, you don't know anything about. I them. I, I know that Nicky Six is a person. Yeah, he's he's not great. And I know he likes heroin or did like heroin. Mm. I don't know what his journey involves. Do you know who Tommy Lee is? He's a drummer. Yeah, he's the man who beat Pamela Anderson. Oh, what? A pe- Wait, he fucked Pamela Anderson. Yeah, he's the one. That, he's the one in the sex tape. <gasps> That's Tommy I Lee. I know who that is. That's drummer Motley Crue. Oh my god, I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we've you know sex tapes has brought you into knowing who people from Motley Crue is. I know who that is. It's 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 <laughs> striving the words to describe. <laughs> <laughs> fucking kickstart my heart it's just the biggest amount of nonsense but it's so cleverly created mm. I can't not love it Okay, it's it's like some of like the harder punk tracks I listen to or thrash stuff where mm. it just gives me like a wild energy but like by the end of that I'm like yes yes like fist in the air like fucking yes and that's okay that is okay that's okay you got any more questions for me? No, no, I don't. I now know everything I need to know about Motley Crue. <laughs> That's it. Tommy Lee beats Pamela Anderson. And to be fair, wouldn't really recommend any other Motley Crue songs. <laughs> I don't really like Motley Crue. I just like Kickstart My Heart. Fair, totally fair. Okay, so Katie, do you want to introduce your next Yes, track? my next choice is a weird choice. It's Country Death Song by The Violent Femmes. Let's go. <laughs> So what you will hopefully have just heard is a country death song, which is one of the opening tracks. Well, it is the opening track on Hallowed Ground, which is the Violent Femmes' second album. And I think to me, the reason why it's such a hard sell is because that is the opening track of the follow-up to the first Violent Femmes album, which is, I, I would say, in the... I'd call it a masterpiece. I, yeah, and it's like, it's a, it's a punk masterpiece. It is, it is a punk and, masterpiece. But what... That song's great. Country Death Song is fantastic. It's catchy, it's mm-hmm. very violent femmes, very mm-hmm. weird. But it's so different from yeah. what they put out before. So the the whole thing with Hallowed Ground, which I should point out just for clarification's sake, is, is my favourite Violent Femmes album over the first one and over the rest of their increasingly terrible discography. Yeah. Because Thank you, Gordon Gano. <laughs> Gordon Gano is an asshole. I have thoughts and feelings on him, I will spare you them. But, so, Gordon Gano is, he comes from a very Christian background, his father was a preacher, 
and Gordon Guido loves Jesus. Nothing wrong with that, but mm. the other two members of the Violent Femmes are ardent, staunch atheists. Mm. And Gino had been pushing and pushing them to do more religious tunes. Yeah. But Gino's idea of religion is like kind of the more metal aspects of religion. Because mm. you read the Bible, and the Bible is undeniably in places a bit metal. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty hardcore book. Yeah. So Gino's kind of view of it was not to do, you know, go full Jeff Magnum, I love you, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. On a, um, I still think that's an easier sell than coming to It's way easier. It's <laughs> way easier it, it is. Neutral Milk Hotel are a way easier sell. But Violent Femmes came out in 83. Mm-hmm. One year later, they dropped Hallow Ground. Mm-hmm. So if you'd gone from listening to. If you'd gone to live from listening to Blister in the Sun, add it up. Yeah. Um, oh, what else is on that? Gone, Daddy, gone. Gone, um, Daddy, gone. Oh, it's like, why can't gone. I get, Just want to kiss. Why can't That I is add it up. Oh, of course it is. Duh. Please cut that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so if you've gone. Good feeling. Good feeling. Although, good feeling's closer to anything on this album than the rest of the album. It is, but tonally speaking, it's still all. That whole album is still. I want to drink, I want to fuck, fuck I want to yeah. play music. Like, that's what Violent Femmes is. Yeah. And then it goes from, I want to drink, I want to fuck, I want to play music, to, I want to play music, but I also want you to know about our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Have you heard of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ? Have I? Ah. Have you indeed? <laughs> um, I so... have me a dollar. <laughs> it's, and it's like, he takes all these country affectations and yeah, properly yeah, runs with it. Yeah, precisely. And he's just this like, little, you know, Wisconsin boy, I believe. Mm. Were they from? They were from Wisconsin, I right? Or were they from idea. Minnesota? Oh, they're from Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. So they're like these little Wisconsin boys mm. out playing the folk tunes mm. with the folk stylings of the Lord Jesus Christ. But what? What I find my issue with Hallow Ground as mm. an album is, I know we're just talking about Hallow Ground rather than. But uh, the, the hard sale as a it's whole con- yeah, it's is country death song. But the hard no, the hard song, the hard sale is Hallow Ground because if you walk <coughs> yeah. out of, you can't play all of Hallow Ground. Mm. If you walk straight out of Violent Femmes and into so Hallow, Hallow Ground, Ground yeah. you're gonna be like, "Wait, am I? Aye, this can't be the same band." I think right. The first album was such a punchy, clipped. <clears throat> they were basically a live band that a producer saw on the street and was like, I need to record this. Yeah. And that was their whole sale. And they just completely lost it for that. It's completely different. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so much more produced. It's so much more... But they didn't lose it. That's my argument. They mm. didn't lose it. Like, Country Death Song is a song about a guy who kills his little girl. Mm. Like, he, it's based on a true story. He takes her out in mm. the middle of the night and he murders her. And he can't deal with the pain, so he kills himself. Mm-hmm. The songs on Hallowed Ground never tell. Oh, yeah. But... Extremely awesome. The only one that's like overtly super religious is Jesus walking on the water, and that's just a gospel. Like that's just mm. a gospel track. But with I folk s- leanings. But it doesn't have the punch. The first one. No, it has. doesn't. It doesn't. And that's why, like for me, it's a hard sell. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing it back to the title, <laughs> to y'all. But yeah, even the title track "Hallowed Ground," overtly, the title conjures like religious connotations. No, it's biblical. It's, it's biblical. very biblical. Yeah. Babuchel. 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 But it is... I still think it's just good folk punk. I think it's lost the punk aspect. I, I think. I think lyrically, yes. 
but the vibe is gone. But it still has. Oh, I've forgotten the bass player and the the um, drummer's name. Oh, Brian Ritchie and whoever the drummer is. But it's but it's not even right. Victor DiLorenzo, that's his name. I don't. I think it's completely musically lost as Punk Edge. It has never tells the closest thing on that album mm. to a punk track, and it's seven minutes long. Compare the track lengths, even. Look at that. It's yeah. gone from like these absolute energetic blasts mm. to these drawn out, not necessarily bad, mm-hmm. kind of odysseys of songs. And some of them work, and some of them don't for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just not punk rock. It, okay. Well, it's not even psychobilly. I Wikipedia calls it punk rock. So if Wikipedia calls it that, it must be true. I mean, that's a little wank. <laughs> <laughs> and all opinions are subjective. Wikipedia cites the source of the Phoenix New Times. Yeah. That, so. Oh, yeah. Most trustworthy musical. But the thing is as well, like, so when that album came out, people heard it and they mm. were expecting like 12 more Blister the Suns mm. and you get Never Tell. And mm. it's like this, as you say, like seven minute long odyssey of... And don't get me wrong, see the instrumentation on Never Tell. Yeah. That's the closest thing to the first album there is. Yeah, no, I... That, I, that bass line in Never yeah. Tell is fantastic. Brian Ritchie never stops being incredible throughout, mm. the, throughout the entire history mm. of the Violet Femmes. Brian Ritchie never stops mm. being amazing. And that, that, that's a hill I will die on. Mm. Yeah, no, I just... I think that it, people hated it when it came out. It was, mm. it was, it was panned mm. critically. The fans were like, what the fuck is this? Mm. But if you go back to it, I personally and subjectively believe it's the Violent Femmes' best album. Right. I know you disagree. I know I've called Violent Femmes a masterpiece, but I still believe in my heart of hearts that Hallowed Ground is an absolutely phenomenal work of music. I like it a lot, but it still can't. It just can't be the first one. Yeah. It can't. Anyway. We should move on. Moving on. I could talk about this for days. You could. You could literally. I've heard you. You have. Um, I'm so sorry I get drunk and talk about the Violent <laughs> Femmes. <laughs> to continue on this trend of dark emotional music, next up we have Puddle Splashers by Cap and Jazz. Oh no. <laughs> so that was... Possibly the most emo, Cap and Jazz, who I absolutely adore. You don't. You're not mad. I hate Cap and Jazz. <laughs> what is it about Cap and Jazz you it's hate? It's his voice. His voice sounds like somebody running a metal board over a cheese grater. I like in my that mind. though. If you've seen videos of them, part of what mm-hmm. the mystique of Cap, well, mystique, part mystique. of part of the sell of Cap and Jazz mm-hmm. was they were this absolutely chaotic band. Mm-hmm where everything was fucking falling apart constantly and he was just rolling on the floor, screaming his lungs out Mm. to these tracks. And I think it's, not to sound like a total walloper, powerfully honest, all of it. (laughs) (laughs) You laughed me, you did. (laughs) It was just the way you qualified it. You were like, not to sound like like a a total total walloper. And then you proceeded to sound like a total total walloper and it was like, (laughs) sorry, sorry. I understand how it's a hard sell, though. His voice is... His voice is extremely grating. 
And I think that works well with the music because it's playing with the dissonance in the track. And all there's layers and layers and layers of guitar mm. that are all dissonant. And then rhythmically, it's even kind of hard to get your head around. Mm. If you, know what I mean, it's it's it doesn't stick to a standard rhythm for yeah. long at all. It just keeps going and keeps going, and that's it's part of what I love about. But you can cons- you jazz. can understand how it's a hard sell, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Hence, you that's why you picked it. Aye. You you get that his voice his voice is so unbelievably grating. Aye, but I could easily say the same about Jello Biathra from the Dead Kennedys. Oh yeah, for sure. Or the lad from the B fifty twos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I appreciate or the boy from the Cramps. I can't remember his name either. No, it's all I good. am shit with names, but. <laughs> Is, is, I think it's Tom Kinsella. It doesn't the matter. Um, right. They're brothers and one's in American football and that's how I got onto them because okay. Mike Kinsella is an amazing musician mm-hmm. and guitarist. And yeah, no, I think his voice works thematically with what Cap and Jazz are trying to do. And mm. um, they both went on to be in another band called Joan of Arc. Yeah. Uh, which were much more commercially successful. Mm-hmm. They were a lot easier to sell. Yeah. No less pretentious mm. at all. I mean, they have an album that's called Live in San Francisco that's not a live album, it's their third album. <laughs> uh, they do a lot of shit to, like, fuck with people. Yeah, I've read the name of their, like, the um, Captain Jazz's first album. An Alpha Beta... Th- was it? An Alpha Beta... Oh, I'm sorry, I was talking about their only full-length album, which is called Burrito's Inspiration Point... Fork Balloon Sports, <laughs> Cards in the Spokes, Automatic Biographies, Kites Kung Fu Trophies, Banana Peels We've Slipped On, and Eggshells We've Tippy Toed Over. See, right. It is also referred to as the Schmatt and Schmaz LP. <laughs> See, right. I only really know their compilation album because it's got all of their EPs and LPs on it, right, which is that. Which is called, yeah, An Alpha Beta Polythology. I can't see this, but I'm shaking my head. Yeah, no, but it's also like forty tracks long. Yeah, it's it, it but, runs for ninety nine and a half minutes. But funnily enough, all those tracks are about a minute long, mm. like half time. I mean, there's exceptions, and there's definitely poppier and easier to listen to mm-hmm. cap and jazz songs. But I think that perfectly captures their kind of pop. And like, the, well, they're emo. They're easier to listen to, but at the start and then into their proper hardcore emo mm-hmm. kind of archers of loaf or like mm. uh, screamy stuff later. With the start of the song, with you know, we're dizzy, touching to we're dizzy, stupid, and then like the little guitar bit kicks mm-hmm. in. I think that's an easy sell. Yeah, that's totally an easy sell. Then he starts going, and then he starts going, and he sounds like somebody trying to choke him out. He probably was choking himself. At my hero. Okay. Yeah, have you got anything else to say about Cap and Jazz? I don't question? like them, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. No, you're, uh, you're so welcome. I'm such a, a welcome and positive addition to this podcast. Uh, you're really, you really uh, giving me stuff to bounce off of here. I do that. That's what I'm here for. I'm um, a kind of brick wall, Yeah, I was going to say, that wasn't a brick wall, because stuff ain't bouncing. <laughs> stuff ain't bouncing. <laughs> Is it me now? Yeah, next off is Katie's Choice. So what have you got okay, so for your track? This comes with a qualification. Okay. So the track is Who Do You Think by Interpol. But the real choice is the works of Interpol post-antics, but not including the album Interpol, which is a piece of shit. Mm. So this track specifically is Who Do You Think. Who do you think? 
it was Who Do You Think by Interpol. I'm interested in why you chose that one. Okay, so... I was having a conversation on Twitter. This has a backstory. This is okay. why I shouldn't be able to do podcasts. Okay, <laughs> give us your backstory, thing. So, so I was speaking. Um, you and I quite like Interpol. Yes. We went to see Transmit. Uh, we went to see the Transmit. Sorry. Yes. Last year. Yes. Uh, I read a review of it. The Sun described it as Interpol sucking the fun out of the event. I can disagree more. They were the best actors of the night. Yeah, they were. Arctic Monkey sucked, but that's a different story entirely. The Blossoms were heavy mediocre. Yeah, so everyone kind of forgot about Interpol after Mm. they released Antics. Yeah. Um, Antics is a kind of... That's a definitive album. Antics is the greatest thing they've ever put out. I have a... I disagree with that. I know that you like um, Turn on the Bright Lights better. No. No? Do you like El Pintor? The I most? like El Pintor. The most. I love El Pintor, but I would say that Antics is better. Mm. So after um, Our Carlos, Love to Admire, yeah. they released Interpol, and it was the last album with Carlos D, the bass player, mm. um, noted shitlord Carlos Aye. D, <laughs> and no one really cared that they that's, were still putting stuff out. That's because, to be honest, I find Our Love to Admire and Interpol as albums hugely passable like yeah. they are just well less so if I love to admire there's mm-hmm. the odd track off of our love to admire including that last one yep. where I'm like okay that's pretty good but it's got nothing that stands out off of it I yeah. think and Interpol Whereas is dog shit I Interpol is the worst of all of Interpol's albums and you can you feel it in every note being played that they Carlos don't they don't be. want to be there yeah. they're not friends they hate each other they're not sound mm. and they, they're not having a good time and you mm. can feel it in every iota of like the tunes Lights is fine Barrier is fine the mm. songs are all inherently fine yeah but there's no soul exactly there's no there's nothing real in terms of output there's no pizzazz <laughs> cut that (laughs) (laughs) never but like Interpol have been completely forgotten about Mm -hmm. and attempting to say to someone like oh hey have you listened to El Pintor Mm -hmm. they're like why would I do that are Interpol still a thing and yeah I think El Pintor is their best album it's incredible I love El Pintor it's so it's so good that's why I'm surprised you picked who do you think? I did. The reason I picked Who Do You Think is because I love to admire showcases a real growing up in mm. Interpol stuff, but it's still very firmly set in New York. They're a New York band who write stories about being in New York. Mm-hmm. Or whereas El Pintar, I find, is not an exactly. album about New York. And Marauder, even more so, moves away yeah. from the concept of, you know, a New York band in New York. Aye. It's very much an exploration of like. Paul Banks's youth in Mexico, Daniel mm. Kessler's, he's from London, so like, mm. you know, the kind of exploration of their, their origins as people rather than a band, which is cool. But Interpol are a New York band who write shit about New York, and they write shit about dirty pavements and New York being a, a gross place to be. Mm. And I think that Our Love to Admire is actually the best showcase of that as them, mm. as a band. It took me such a long time to realise what Pioneer to the Falls is about. Mm. You hear the name Pioneer to the Falls, you mm. think it's somebody discovering a waterfall or something, right? Mm-hmm. It's not. The Pioneer and the Falls are two bars in New York. Aye, it's, a it's a song about the journey between the Pioneer and the Falls, Aye. which was the last one this girl did before she was murdered. Mm. 
it's dirty stories about New York City. Mm. And so, that's what I think is the best. But why specifically who do you think? Tell us a bit about that track. Okay. I I honestly I don't I think I picked it as a kind of knee jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. It's Interpol's probably like most poppy song. Mm-hmm. On there's harder cells. There's harder cells on Our Love to Admire than Who Do You Think? Mm-hmm. But I've included them because I want you to stop thinking Interpol are a hard sell. Yeah. They're fucking not. Yeah. Inadvertently, I've destroyed the concept of my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but. Well, it's only taken one episode. <laughs> I have ruined this. I stand by this. I am the ruiner. <laughs> but yeah, like, the whole reason I chose them was because I want you to go and listen to Interpol. Not hmm. you specifically, but you. The person. listener. Yeah, I'm looking at the microphone like you can see me. Please go and listen to this, Paul. They did more stuff after Antics. It's really good. And the less Carlos D that's in it, the more you're going to enjoy it. You might not think you will, but you will. Please, my friend, go. El Pintor is a fantastic El Pintor is so good. Listen to El Pintor. It's better listen than that last track. Okay. The Rover's great. The Rover. <laughs> Don't let him put you off. It's really good. I saw that live. Huh? I saw that song live. You did see that song live. Yeah. We could be going to see them live again if it wasn't 50 fucking quid a ticket. Yeah, some fucking unheard uh, of. The Galvanizer Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I've never even fucking heard of. <laughs> no. Right. Yes. Okay, so it's time for my last pick. And I have definitely saved the hardest sell oh for last. Oh God. I think you have too, but... Have I? Maybe, um, but let's, for, let's go for yours first. Yeah, let's just talk about mine. So this is Stub Dash A Dub by oh Mr. Bungle. Oh God. So before we, we go any further, I want anyone listening to leave a comment and tell me how far they got on that before they turned that off. I didn't get far. No. <laughs> that song, I love it. I don't know why I love Jamie, it. Jamie, it sounds like somebody driving a lorry through a circus. It's a nightmare. Yes, it is. And everything about the whole album is completely disgusting. Mm. It's a horrible experience listening to Was John Wayne Gacy involved in any capacity? No, but oh. uh, Mike Patton was. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, we don't want to have John Wayne Gacy, so we'll just get Mike Patton. Yeah, to be fair, the insider's brain is probably fairly similar. Um, okay, good, As you good. can tell from that track musically. Does he have a thing about circuses? Is he okay? He, yeah, no, he's alright. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said that in a really unconvincing way, honestly. It's because I'm not sure after listening to that track. <laughs> so this is off Mr. Bungle's first album. Mm-hmm. I don't know what track it is off that album. It's not important. Nobody's uh, going to go and listen to it. Oh, I think you should all. No. They all sound like that. No. It's, it's wild. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about nine songs mashed up into one. I don't think I really need to explain how that's a hard sell. No. It sounds like a maniacal clown roaming down a street with a machete cutting apart anyone he meets. Do you mean John Wayne Gacy? No, he shot people. <laughs> no, <I know. laughs> this guy was doing it in public, definitely. Did you hear the like little like ad like in the mix they added stuff like a uh, car screeching turns and stuff into yeah. different bits to make their transitions harder Did I also notice wanking noises. Was that what that was? Is that the noise of chugging? I, I don't know, I've never noticed oh. that. Maybe you're 
prescribing am I, that. Yeah, I'm a projecting. <laughs> you, maybe you're projecting oh, no. over the track. Maybe did that track did that track turn you on, Katie? God no. Did did Mike Patton screaming, Thanks, Mum? No, uh, it made me want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably. Lyrically, as with all Mike Patton's work, it's nonsense. Yeah. You said to me before that like Mike Patton just fit, like writes lyrics to fit the tunes. He writes them for music, so he uses what their sound is rather mm. than what they mean. Yeah. You, uh, so it's rhythmic and it's kind of melodic yeah, as yeah. well, rather than actual meaning behind the songs. Mm. That's why that track is... A fucking fever dream of interconnected nonsense. Yeah. There's a bit where he's just like, or he's just talking to you as if you're a dog. For that yeah, track. yeah, Did you I noticed that. Because, because yeah. in case you didn't make it out the first time, he decided for the second bit of that part of the song. I don't even know what that is. I think mm. it's maybe a bridge, uh, pre-chorus. Who knows? What is anything? Uh, yeah, this song has led me to question my life. Where he <laughs> is, where he is just like, throw a stick, bring it back, roll up and down. Tell me to listen. Thanks, Mum. And then it plays some wild fucking sort of. I... No, 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 no. It goes into like. Which reminds me for some reason of like an ice rink. I don't know. That's think... that's the image that conjures in my head when I hear that bit Is of that song. Is that because of your intense fear of ice skating? No, I think it just. For some reason, that's very. Like a very, uh, to put it a very Scottish way, it reminds me of the shows. Oh, no, no, no. No, like the vibe I get from that song is the shows. The shows, aye. Yeah. But that's like, I don't know how to explain this for non-Scottish <laughs> listeners. It's kind of it's like, shitty. It's like a shitty like fete or festival that comes to your town and it's puts some rides. It's not a fete. It's... it's... But I'm trying to... It's more like a travelling circus without the circus aspect. Yeah, it's just got rides. Yeah. And, like, and they all have Nicolas Cage painted on them. Aye, they've got like mad, mad airbrushes of like fucking Star Wars The Phantom Menace yeah, yeah, yeah. or From Dust Till Dawn or some yeah. bullshit. Oh god, I got the From Dust Till Dawn one once. Oh, uh, that was a good time. Aye, what, what a fucking hero. Yeah, I know. The Phantom Menace one I saw was fucking... There was always one with Nicolas Cage on it and um, mm. Conair. Mm-hmm. Like you know that scene where he walks out of the he walks out of the van and like Aye. the wind hits him and Aye. his hair just starts like flutter gently in the breeze. Aye. It was that. It was that, that scene. That was airbrushed onto this like travelling ride and I was just like, my god, I wouldn't go on that. But things that spin make me vomit. <laughs> so that's what Stubba Dub <laughs> is trying to conjure up, and I think it actually is trying to conjure that up. Yeah. I think it's trying to bring this the chaos of like carny. the carnival. Yeah, carny like, like American kind of carny pattern. Yeah. Like and like, uh, right? Mike Patton specifically was in Faith No More because he was more interested. He wanted to become successful so he could promote Mister Bungle. Right. I don't know how the fuck he thought he would sell that to anyone, and I love it. And I and I I love that bit where the bass kicks in and it does that little tune, that boom 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 kind of bit. I yeah. don't know why I'm doing that. That doesn't help anyone. It, I mean, it doesn't, but like it's but nice like the break after like the fun. weird bit where he just says family for a while and then yeah, does some and like weird then... ska dance and then it goes into like this slower but bassy bit. For some reason yeah. it gives me Monkey Island vibes. Okay. Um, the music in it. But then there's a Smith track that does the same thing Do you know what me. it reminds me of in a really weird way? What? See the video game Harvester? Yes, yes. Like, it's very... 
I wish Mike Patton had done the music for that. Imagine that. Can you that. imagine that? Because it's like it's perfect. It's this there's weird, even, there's horrible. A ca- there's a Halloween scene. At, not Halloween. I don't mean that. A carnival scene in Harvester, isn't mm, there? Yeah. It's, like, can you imagine that? It, it's perfect. Yeah. It's it's the musical equivalent of the video game Harvester. It is. Which is an obscure reference for uh, anybody who's not in the games. But like, just Google Harvester. It's the most horrible game you've ever seen in your life. You'll see some wild shit if you see that. Yeah. But I no, I have mammoth respect for Mike Patton, and even still like that. But that bit reminds me of Monkey Island. And so does for some reason a Russian push in the land by uh, the Smiths. Okay. Russian push in the pill. Sorry. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of Monkey Island as well. I think it's the bass. Hmm. Both of the tracks bass reminds me <clears> of that. <throat> anyway, that's enough about Mr. Bungle. Katie, okay. sh- can you bring in our last track? Okay, I can. Day? I totally can. Right. Well done, by the way. Gold stars for setting through Mr. Bungle. Yeah, you, you get your reward right now. Yeah. Because my last oh, hard Jesus sale sweat. is picked specifically for Jamie. Not for you, not for me, but for Jamie, because he hates it more than any song in the whole world, and I don't understand why. Don't speak. It's Wham Rap by Wham. Thank you. Wait, I find that a harder sell than Mr. Bungle. Are you serious? Yes. Are you serious? I can't, rap? Take, I can't take that much white in one room. Okay, right. First of all, Wham Rap is an anthem. No. <clears throat> no, we disagree there. Okay, right. No, but seriously, I don't understand why you don't like that song. It's not good. What's Explain ca- yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even... Like, I don't find it catchy. Mm-hmm. I find the chorus irritating. You were talking about how you found that. See, I'm just getting negative now. You are. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. If you don't like the song, you don't like the song. I. You were talking about how earlier you found Tom Kinsella from. I've. I've this definitely not his name, by the way. From Captain <laughs> Jazz. Jazz's voice is grating. Mm-hmm. I find that song so fucking grating. Okay. It's like every bad '80s cliche in one track for me. Okay. And I, like yeah. I, I quite enjoy Wham, mm-hmm. and I quite enjoy George Michael. Love George Michael. But that is just something I can't get behind. Okay. Maybe I'm too straight. Oh. No, but like seriously, maybe I'm too like straight male for it. If you okay. know what I mean. Okay. Well, see. This... And I'm not saying this like you know I'm not condoning you know any other you know point of view about mm-hmm. it. Like maybe maybe I'm too straight for it. <laughs> No one's too straight for Wham, right? Aye. Sexuality is a spectrum, mm. and somewhere on the spectrum is Wham, and Aye. we all fall under that aspect <laughs> of the spectrum, okay? It's true. No, but the, the, thing, the thing about Wham Rap, right? Mm. On the surface, cute, catchy, Wham, Bam, I am a man, etc. Not really a song about... Like, it's not supposed to be a fun song. What do you mean it's not supposed to be a fun song? Okay, so... Tell me about it. The song is about the right to work. Mm-hmm. The song is about the concept of right to work and the Labour Party at the time pushing the fact that forcing people to work is a human right. Mm-hmm. And if you're not contributing to the society, you don't belong in the society. Okay. So Wham Rap is about the fact that so we, so the lyric the lyric in the chorus is Wham bam I am a man, job or no job, you can't tell me that I'm not. 
Do you enjoy what you do? If not, just stop. Don't stay there and rot. Okay. So the song is catchy and cute and fun, but it's also about the fact that if you're not happy in your job, don't let anyone tell you that not having a job makes you less of a man or less important or less human. Find something you love and do that instead. Mm -hmm. Wow, the 80s must have been a fun time to live. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that. Imagine being able to go find something you love to do. Yeah, like, throughout the song, you can hear... Imagine being able to seize the means of production. Oh, I know, right? Oh, George Michael seizing the means of production, (laughs) you know it. But throughout the song, they chant, D-H-S-S, the Department of Health and Social Security. Mm -hmm. That's what that is. Mm -hmm. Like, the whole whole song, he says stuff about being on the dole and meeting boys in the line, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. the queue for his gyro. Mm Like, you know, listening to that, you know, the lyrics, uh-huh. that's cool, right? Yeah. Why does it have to sound like a fucking shit cheerleader cheer? It's like a bad version of Mickey. How dare you? How dare you take the name of Mickey in vain? Because that's a good song. But that... I fun. completely, I completely disagree. I think Wham Rap is like a really, it's a really fun song. With a really pertinent message. Look, it just it just makes me do a take to a camera that's not there every single time it comes on. I, I put it on a lot. I, <laughs> it physically drains me. I don't understand why. Like, I don't understand why you hate Wham Rap so much. And you can keep giving me the reasons over and over again. But, like, <laughs> every time I hear it, I'm like, but, yeah, Wham Rap. Wham Rap is really good. It's not. Though. Wham Rap is a tune. That's a hard sell because I'm not sold on it. <laughs> it's the yeah. only song of today that I'm not sold on. See, that's why I picked it. I didn't pick it because I know that the people listening to this will be like, this is hard, I can't... Like, they're not going to have a Mr Bungle reaction to it. No, I they're not going to turn it off. Like... You're having the same reaction that I have to Mr Bungle to wham rap. No, I kind of go to... I kind of zone out and go to my happy place. Yeah, that's like, what I do when Mr Bungle comes on. But I don't put Mr Bungle on. Because I know it elicits that reaction. But you should love Wham Rap. (laughs) I will make you listen to other Mr. Bungle songs. You have previously. No, I will will make you listen to Gollum 2, the Bionic Vapor Boy. Okay, you did earlier, so first of all, fuck off. (laughs) A song where they use fishing lines, and it's still better than Wham Rap. I completely disagree. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to agree to disagree because Wham Rap is a socialist anthem. Thank you. Next. Oh, the lyrics, good. Song itself, shit. How dare and you? And that's the more important George thing. George Michael song. didn't die for you to have this attitude. No, he died because his cover of uh, True Faith by New Order was that shit that <laughs> killed him. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll concede that. Yeah. Okay. You've got me. So, listeners, tell us what you think of the tracks. Do you think they're hard sales? Tell us in the comments, or you know, get in touch on Twitter. Uh, should we give our little twiddle handles? We'll have to twiddle the handles. <laughs> twiddle, twiddle those handles, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, mine is at underscore underscore Jamie Harkin. You, which you'll find him as uh, Paul Verhoeven's Robert Cop. Yes. Um, my favorite name on Twitter. <laughs> um, I'm Hooded Hawks on Twitter. At Hooded Hawks. They can put the at sign in themselves. They're no, not stupid. They, these people don't know anything. <sighs> These people have listened... Don't condescend the listeners. These people have listened to Mr Bungle now. I have wiped out knowledge of 
thousands of hours of technology. I hope that Wham Rap has brought them back from the edge. I I think it sent me over the edge. This is the last podcast we'll be doing. Uh, no, I'm only joking. I right, let us know in the comments or Twitter or whatever. Um, yeah, let us know if you like it. Yeah, let us know if you like us. Hey, give us some feedback about the show as well. If there's anything you think about the format or like. You but know, don't be too cutting because I'm a very emotional person. Be cutting, I can take it. No, I can't. Don't. Uh, don't. <laughs> don't. Seriously. No, don't. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. I'm a very, very delicate flower. Okay, so thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Have a great Rest day. in power, George Michael, your beautiful angel. Look. Shut the fuck up. Rest in power. Look. To play as out. I'm just going to keep playing the start of Kickstart My Heart over and over again.